Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Color Grade listeners. I'm your host, KB, and welcome to the Color Grade podcast. Are you seeing all the colors? The Color Grade podcast is an always unfiltered, always enlightening, and uniquely opinionated podcast about television and film that goes in-depth with guests that give a Black, POC, or queer perspective. Join me as I discuss highly anticipated movies and shows with fellow critics and friends of the podcast, interview some of your favorite artists about their recent or upcoming projects, and leave you with my recommended must-see watch list. Stay tuned. In this episode, I will be reviewing the South by Southwest Darling in Between Girl. Written and directed by Mai Makino, and I am hoping that I pronounced that correctly. If not, my apologies. Uh, in Between Girl is another South by Southwest premiere that follows teen artist Angie Chen in small town Galveston, Texas, which shout out to Texas and Galveston right up the road from where I grew up. Uh, But we follow Angie as she navigates life post her parents' unexpected divorce. Angie is portrayed by Emma Galbraith. Angie is talented, bright, but unassuming in a lot of ways. She is biracial and Chinese American uh, through her father, who never taught her Mandarin and allowed her to develop who she is as a person and as an artist in her own ways. So there are problems when her mother is absent due to her demanding job as a lawyer and also just her mother kind of navigating her own loss through this divorce. And she goes to her father's house, of course, to continue their bond and navigate this kind of new dynamic in their relationship, i.e. living apart. Um, But he still blindsides her with a new girlfriend who also has a daughter around her age. So you can imagine that doesn't go quite as planned, seeing as Angie has a lot of feelings of already abandonment just from the divorce. But then to find out that her father has moved on so quickly uh, makes her feel like he's creating a new family of his own. So through all of this, the most popular boy in school, Liam, portrayed by William Magnuson, who also just happens to be a a friend and teammate of hers, starts to show uh, a bit of interest in Angie, and they begin a secret, intimate relationship that, of course, has to be kept quiet because, of course, he has a girlfriend. And, you know, Liam... In a true peak fuckboy scenario, uh, you know, doesn't want to hurt his girlfriend and wants to still be the good guy, but wants to maintain that secret relationship with Angie. Meanwhile, fate always has a plan. And, you know, when it seems like Angie has little to no friends, I mean, she 
Only we only really see her interact with one friend in this film. She then somehow picks up a new friend through a school project who also happens to be an internet sensation and high-profile influencer, Cheryl, who also happens to be that girlfriend that Liam doesn't want to hurt. And Cheryl is portrayed by Emily Garrett. And of course, as we know, there is uh, no easy scenario in teenage growth world high schools rom-coms and so of course of course uh things come to a head between cheryl liam and angie so in between girls is really a moving coming of age story that works in a lot of ways you know it's refreshing to see a young girl come into her own, discover her sexuality, and navigate friendships and, and, and the challenges that come along with it. Liam, of course, uh, you know, has all of this emotional baggage. And in turn, instead of really helping Angie cope through this challenging time in life, provides an additional layer of emotional trauma through this secret relationship Do they have through, that they have. And of course, you know, Angie just already feeling like she's replaceable doesn't help uh, when it comes to her relationship, not only with her father, but also with Liam. So it's a realistic story of growth. You know, uh, the one of the things, though, that I did feel like was missing was more on screen time and showing that connection with her mom. You know, I think that this film was an attempt to show that she was really a daddy's girl and how that relationship was pivotal and how the divorce and his subsequent move out of the home, moving out of the home really impacted it. But because we didn't see a ton of interactions with her mom solo, when things were tense on screen between the two of them, I wasn't nearly as invested in that particular dynamic or demise of that relationship as I was with Angie's relationship with her father. So when Angie does come around to her mother, it didn't really have the same level of impact on me that it did when her and her father finally reach common ground. I will say for me, Emma's performance as Angie is just so subtly dynamic. Emma portrays Angie just as who she is with all of the layers a teenage girl trying to figure it all out would have. You know, she portrays Angie as flawed, funny, jealous, you know, not easily uh, to get along with, and, and she doesn't easily make friends. She's stubborn, she's hard-headed, she's thoughtful, she's vulnerable, she's scared, and so many other things. And so again, while I do think the storyline with her mom could have been developed a bit more, And I also wish she would have met Cheryl, you know, the girlfriend, and developed that relationship a bit sooner in the film, focusing um, just a bit less on the back and forth with Liam, because we already know where that was headed. And quite honestly, Liam doesn't add that much. Uh, But for me, In Between Girl is still color grade approved. I have never seen an Asian American lead in a coming of age story quite like this before. It's refreshing, it's long overdue, uh, and most of all, it's needed. You know, it's far beyond time to see young girls, especially young girls of color, own who they are while making the inevitable mistakes that come with that. Because life is messy, Uh, parenting is hard, 
being a teenager is complicated. And honestly, we're all just doing the best that we can. And in between girl, maybe from Angie's perspective, but it really does a beautiful job of showing that life at all stages is just a series of us trying to figure out how to be the best version of ourselves while constantly failing, constantly falling, and constantly growing. Uh, And I just enjoy how the filmmaker really presented this story to us and shows us all that life has to offer, all of the joy, all of the pain, all of the ups, all of the downs, and everything in between. And now for our next segment, Let KB Put You On. This week, I am recommending Netflix reality TV series, Bling Empire, eight episodes of fun. So, you know, I am not really a huge reality TV person. I mean, I will say I do adore Married at First Sight. It is bomb. If it wasn't on camera, I would definitely do that show 110%. I would definitely sign up to let some matchmakers pull my love life together, hands down. Uh, And then I also love, love, love Real Housewives of Potomac, adore. But for the most part, I'm not really a huge reality TV fan. So Netflix getting into this, you know, they got me with Love is Blind and uh, Pandemic got me with reality TV in general because I'm starting to uh, broaden my horizons. And then I watched Bling Empire And thank you, Netflix. So this series really focuses on the lives of wealthy East Asian and East Asian American socialites who live in Los Angeles. And so before I watched Bling Empire, I actually watched House of Ho, which is set in Houston. Again, shout out to Houston. Uh, And it is a similar vibe, similar concept, um, a very much kind of crazy rich Asians reality TV series. And Bling Empire, woo! I mean, first off, I love Cardi Rich Asians, the book, and the first film. So, yes. But this reality TV series has no shortage of true divas. So, we have Kevin Kreider, who is a model. He was uh, born in South Korea and then adopted and raised um, in Philadelphia by a Caucasian family. And so really this series is like from his perspective because he narrates it and we're introduced to his circle of friends. So one of his closest friends is Kane, who honestly, I don't even really know what Kane does except be wealthy. Um, But, you know, his family has a lot, a lot, a lot of money and Kane really just lives for, uh, for a living. And, you know, I love to see it. Then we have Christine Chu, whose husband is a prominent Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, and she is super, super big on philanthropy. Um, She has co-founded, I believe, um, the plastic surgery practice with her husband. And, you know, she is just an all around baddie, loves everything couture, loves everything just, you know, designer. And so they have a son. So her and her husband have a son. She throws the most elaborate and over-the-top parties. And 
is in some ways, I guess, thinking that she's competing with Anna Shay. So Anna is truly the queen of Bling Empire. I said it. I actually don't care who disagrees. It's Anna's world and really everyone else is just living in it. So Anna is part Japanese and part Russian, I believe. Uh, her father basically told her like, oh, I never want you to work. And Anna has really taken that to heart. Uh, she is a very loyal friend. She is very kind, but she's also very protective. Uh, I know that she does have a son and uh, she keeps kind of her personal life under wraps. But we see her interact with the crew. Uh, we see her taking her friends to Paris for their birthday and then her their that particular friend's boyfriend blowing it all up. That friend I'm speaking of is Kelly. And Kelly is actually a self-made entrepreneur. And I'm like, go ahead. And in this season, her boyfriend, who messes up her surprise and elaborate trip to Paris for her birthday, is Andrew. Andrew Gray, who used to be a Power Ranger, is also a model, is also an actor, has his hands in a lot of things. They have a very tumultuous relationship on the show. And the entire time, Kevin is convinced that he and Kelly need to be booed up and Kelly needs to leave Andrew. Now, I don't necessarily think that Kevin and Kelly are a good match, but Kelly definitely needs to leave Andrew. So there's a bunch of other friends within their circle. Uh, we have Cherie Chan, who is, I think, about to have it. When we see the series, she's pregnant and then she has her second child with her boyfriend. She really wants to get married. Uh, her boyfriend is Jesse Lee and she really wants to get married to Jesse. And Jesse is kind of dragging his feet. You know, he's like, well, we're cozy. We're together. We're building a family. We have two kids. Why not? Um, there's Kim Lee, who is a very, very famous DJ and former model. And her storyline this season is really trying to find her father, who um, she lost contact with when her parents got divorced. And so subsequently, she was really raised by her stepfather. And who else is there? Oh, we have Jamie, who's like a fashion blogger, influencer type. And then we have Guy, who is a hairdresser and also a singer-songwriter as well. So yeah, we have a whole crew. I adore everyone. I actually think that they have a really good dynamic on this show. Um, you know, it's filled with drama, though, like filled with drama, filled with piping hot tea, filled with people trying to sleep with each other. Um, but I think the best part of this season is when we see Kane own his sexuality. And I want to see more of that in season two, um, just because, you know, like Kane doesn't get an opportunity to be his authentic self. And you can tell that he's kind of holding back out of respect for his family. But at the very end of season one, we get to see him kind of lean into that. And I can't wait to see more. Uh, I'm also hoping that Kelly drops Andrew in season two. I am hoping to see Kim do a little dating. You know, they tried to tease a little something, something between Kim and Kevin, which I actually don't think is a good idea either. But I want them both to be happy and dating whoever they see fit. Um, and Gabriel or Dr. Chu, uh, Dr. Gabriel Chu and, and Christine Chu, you know, they had a lot of issues this season with uh, Gabriel wanting another baby. And so I'm curious to see what their dynamic is going to be like uh, in, in season two when it comes to 
um, expanding the family. And if Christine will change her mind, if she's firm, um, you know, what's going to happen there? So listen, I just want to see more antics in season two and they did not disappoint in season one. And so I am recommending that you watch Bling Empire. And also if you enjoy Bling Empire, then just watch House of Ho. Uh, After you stop watching Bling Empire on Netflix, run to HBO Max and watch House of Ho and see how, uh, you know, they, that the Ho family does it in Houston. So, you know, I'd say the biggest difference is that House of Ho is based on one family and it is so intriguing too. So I'm like, check both out, check both out. You know, people do things differently in California and in Texas and, uh, yeah, check out both. Next, I am recommending Concrete Cowboy. I saw this at the Toronto International Film Festival virtual, of course, and it really blew me away. It is based on the novel Ghetto Cowboy by Greg Neary, and it's, my goodness, As a Black woman from Texas who grew up around cowboys and who, you know, grew up sometimes working on a farm, I enjoyed just getting to see this urban African-American horse riding culture on screen. Uh, It is a fictionalization of the Fletcher Street Urban Riding Club in, in Philly, and it stars Idris Elba, Caleb McLaughlin, Gerald Jerome, Lorraine Toussaint, Method Man, and, and so much more. So first off, shout out to Lorraine Toussaint, just because not only is she extraordinary in everything that she does, she's great in this film, uh, but I am also currently watching her brand new CBS reboot drama, The Equalizer, which is also starring and led by Queen Latifah. So shout out to that. Um, But getting back to Concrete Cowboy. So um, the real star of the show is a newly grown up Caleb McLaughlin. Like, boy, when I tell you, I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like he's my little cousin and he grew up. So Caleb, who most people know from Stranger Things, uh, portrays Cole, a 15 year old boy from Detroit constantly getting in trouble at school. And, you know, so his mom sends him to Philadelphia to live with his father, portrayed by Idris Elba. And, you know, they have a very strained relationship. His father is is Harp. And she drops him off and, you know, goes away and says, hey, he's yours now. You got to figure it out. We got to make sure he stays out of trouble. I don't want him dying. Um, you know, I, I don't want him in jail. Um, I need him to do something with this life. And so really it's him being recommended for expulsion from school uh, that really, you know, convinces her that she needs to move to, to Philly, that he needs to move to Philly to be with his father for the summer. And, you know, first, let me just say that this film is so raw and it felt very authentic and I just enjoyed every second of it. Um, you know, I feel like we don't get enough coming of age stories when it comes to young black boys. And it was so good to see Cole be his full authentic self in the sense that he's making mistakes. He's made mistakes at school. 
And when she says, listen, you need to live with your father for the summer, he's upset. He begs her to change her mind. I love seeing that because that's real. And it's hard for her as a mother to let him go, but she knows that she has to because it will only make him better. So then when he gets to Harp's house and is interacting with Harp, it's not easy for the two of them. Harp is very set in his ways. And to be quite transparent, you know, he's been a father figure to some of the people in um, the writing club, but he hasn't had to be a father day to day raising a son. So it's a learning curve for both of them. And they have to end up finding their way back to each other. And they do that through horseback riding. And I love seeing Cole bond with the horses and understand the horses and learn from the OGs in in this riding club and just seeing the Black community and Black camaraderie through the lens and the space of horseback riding. It's so good to see. And so, you know, Cole reunites with his old friend Smush and Smush is is portrayed um, <clears throat> by Gerald Jerome. And, you know, Smush is doing a little bit more than riding. And it introduces Cole to another, another, another barrier and uh, outside trouble. But, you know, Cole also meets a girl, of course. And I just love seeing him flourish to to kind of understand what it's like to to like a young girl and to potentially be falling in love for the first time, um, you know, to see the mistakes that Smush made. Um, to go head to head with his father, because I think oftentimes, you know, parents definitely want to protect their kids from making the same mistakes. But Cole has to make some of the same mistakes that Harp did for himself in order to learn um, just a little bit more. And, you know, I like seeing Black fatherhood in this light. You know, no, parenting is not perfect and and by leaps and bounds, I have heard that. I understand that just from the relationship with my parents and, and what they've told me. Um, and even just in, in the realm of the friends and family I know who are parents. Uh, and so we see Black fatherhood in a different perspective. Um, of course, we see the mistakes, but we also see the successes in this film. Uh, and, you know, we see the way that Harp has failed Cole, but also in the ways that he makes up for it. And, you know, I just, I enjoy Concrete Cowboy so much. I think the performances are outstanding, but really Jarrell, Idris, and Caleb, my three performances, that's what I meant to say. Um, just the dynamic between the three of them and, and seeing how it goes. You know, I would be remiss if I just didn't say Method Man's still fine. Um, and he does act his behind off in this too. So that's also a draw. So just seeing the dynamic and the growth between Idris, Caleb's, and Jarrell's three characters uh, is so outstanding to see. So uh, I love learning more about animal therapy. We get some of that. Uh, you know, I love there is a portion of the film where they talk about how Black folks aren't meant to be dominated, but they're meant to be free um, and, and how that ties in to horses in a way as well. Um, you know, I just, there, there's a lot of analogies that come with, with writing and cowboy culture and Black lives in this film um, that I really enjoyed. And yeah, that's all I can say is watch Concrete Cowboy available right now on Netflix. Run, do not walk. It is great. And 
It is insightful. And we need to put more respect on Black cowboys and Black cowgirls because, you know, they've been here forever and not going anywhere. And there are still cowboy cultures and riding clubs and things of that nature happening right now in this day. And I'm so proud that this film exists and can expand people's minds in that way. And, you know, hopefully they'll want to learn more and engage more. So, yep, shout out to Concrete Cowboy and watch it now on Netflix. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Color Grade Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and you can find me on social media at the Lady KB, at the Lady K-A-Y-B on Instagram and Twitter. Also, please follow the Color Grade Podcast on all social media platforms at Color Grade Pod. The Color Grade is produced by Domino Sound with lead producer and editing by Randy Chapman. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.